Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word. You said, if the Son shall make you free, you'll be free indeed. And he's the word made flesh. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word that frees us from ourselves and our sin Lord, open our hearts now as we, as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 34, verse 25. Genesis 34, verse 25. And it came to pass on the third day when they were sore that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. And they slew Hamar and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house, went out, Sons of Jacob came upon the slain, spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep, their oxen, their asses, that which is in the, field, in the city, that which is in the field, and all their wealth, all their little ones, and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said unto Simeon, Levi, you have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and shall slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. They said, shall he deal with our sister as with an harlot? And God said, finally, God said unto Jacob, no, finally's not there, that was just my comment, sorry. And God said unto Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Okay, so in our last study, what happened? We looked at one of the saddest events in the history of Jacob's family by two, essentially, led by two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi. The simple statement that we just read is in verse 25, it came to pass on the third day when they were sore that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, who were Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword, came upon the city boldly, slew all the males. Our minds painfully fill in the details, but then we kind of hesitate and we'd say, no, we don't want to see too much of this scene. This is a little too painful. You know, the idea of seeing sick men after three days of a raging infection throughout their bodies, their wives attending their sick husbands as Simeon and Levi come in and slit throats. That's just too much. And then take the wives as spoil, and then how all the rest of the sons of Jacob rush in on the spoil. That's painful for us. And in verse 27, 29, it says, the sons of Jacob came upon the slain, spoiled the city, and because they defiled their sister and took their sheep, their oxen, and so forth. Now, when we read this, our hearts are just pained. This is hurtful. I mean, we just are left dumbfounded as to what in the world can we say when we read something like this? And we need to look to God for guidance 
on how to think this through. How do you process this? How do we process this? And we need the guidance that comes from God in order to process all of this. And the guidance that comes from God is found in Jacob's last words as he pronounces on his deathbed. And now I want you to turn to this in Genesis 49, verse 5 and 7, because we got to process this correctly. And this is like over the top. It's too much. And so Jacob gives us the words that we need in order to process this. And it's in Genesis 49, verse 5, where Jacob now looks at these two that perpetuated all this, that led in all of this horrible crimes. Best word is crimes. And he says to them, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, Kehala, their group, their congregation. Mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So we look to God for how to process what happened, and the first thing that God tells us is you need to see this word instruments. Instruments, with Simon and Levi, our brethren, instruments of cruelty. Now, instruments makes us think of something that's used by someone to accomplish something. You know, when Jacob described Levi and Simeon as instruments, he was saying that Levi and Simeon were instruments, obviously instruments of the devil, instruments of Satan. In this chapter, Levi and Simeon were Satan's instruments, Now, the easiest thing we can do with this chapter is dismiss this as having, well, that has no relevance to me. You know, I'm saved and I'm never gonna be an instrument of Satan. That just finishes that. That's a huge error. That'd be a big mistake because the reality is that we can easily become instruments of the devil when we did not control our anger. Remember we said last time, anger's a good thing. It's like steam. Now there's a big valve and we have our hand on the valve as to which direction that steam's gonna be directed. That steam can be directed toward good. You know, they could have said, I'm so angry, I'm gonna see every one of these Shechemites converted to God. That would be a good use. But this is a scary idea that we can become instruments of Satan. But we see it in the case of Peter. Peter, it says in Matthew 16, this whole history here where Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus is answered and said unto them, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, in other words, the Father revealed this to him, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt uh, loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. It was a secret. But from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Be nice if it stopped there, but it doesn't. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. 
and saying, be it far from thee, Lord. Kind of a dichotomy there. It's kind of, how can you call him Lord when you're taking him and rebuking him? This shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not, you don't delight in, thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, you can imagine how the disciples are all shocked at what just happened. So he gives them a little explanation. Then said Jesus unto a disciple, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So here's Peter. He just makes the hallmark statement, the foundation on which the church stands, that the Lord Jesus Christ is both the Messiah and God the Son, the deity of the Messiah, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, the, and Jesus makes it very clear to Peter, <laughs> Peter, that wonderful statement you just made, it didn't come from you. It was revealed to you by my Father. Wow. You know, how much more spiritual can you be than to be so close to God the Father that he makes the revelation to you and that you proclaim you the foundational statement that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God. And that proclamation provided the Lord with the kickoff point for him to say, well, yes, now I as God, God the Son, Messiah, I am to suffer, I am to be killed, and I am to be raised again, you know? And then Peter, so bold, lifted up with his spiritual pride, he then says, well, I gotta correct you here. He takes him, he doesn't say to him, he said he took him, and, began, and I don't know what that means. He began to rebuke him, he's so lifted up. He doesn't just question the Lord Jesus, well, I don't understand, but in his pride, I don't know, maybe he took him by the arm. I don't know what it means, but he said something like, no, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall never, this shall not be unto thee. And the Lord looks right into his eyes. He says to Peter, he turned in verse 23, Matthew 16, 23. Then he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me. So when the Lord Jesus turns to Peter and addresses Satan, that's scary. (laughs) He was saying to Satan, you're an offense to me. You have no interest in God's interest. You only have interest in man's interests. That's so shocking that everyone must have been thinking, oh, man, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want Jesus to turn to me and talk to Satan. And so how, how am I going to do that? And so he says, okay, I know what you're thinking, and I'm going to give you the answer in Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24, here's the answer. Then said Jesus unto a disciple, if any man will come after me, deny himself. Deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Take up the cross, death to self, death to the self-life, life to God. Dethrone self, enthrone God. Deny self, embrace God. So chapter 34, we see Levi and Simeon being used as what Jacob calls instruments of cruelty. The Hebrew word for cruelty here is Hamas, which means violence. Hebrew and Arabic are sister languages. They're together like this. Yes, that's the same word, Hamas, for the Islamic militant political group today in Palestine that is committed to the destruction of the Jewish people. So what Jacob said to Levi and Simeon was that you were instruments of Hamas, and God wants us to see ourselves as instruments. And we should not be used as Satan. We should not be instruments of Hamas or cruel violence. But now this verse in Romans 6.13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, 
but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness of God, righteousness unto God. So this whole concept, my members, parts of my body, instruments for either unrighteousness unto sin or for righteousness unto God. See, our members or the parts of our body are called instruments. And Romans 16 tells us that we have a choice. Are we going to yield our, our members as instruments to unrighteousness unto sin, which is what Levi and Simeon did? Or we can yield our members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And to see this, it's, I, I can't help but think of instruments, you know, because my father was a surgeon and, and surgery. But I think of um, Dr. Peter Hansen, Pete Hansen, Dr. Pete Hansen. He was the chief of staff for several years at Grossmont Hospital. He is a great orthopedic surgeon, just a really nice guy when you see him, but I've never been there, but I've heard the stories about when he's in surgery, when he's in surgical rooms there at, at Grossmont Hospital. If you don't have it right, you don't want to be there because he is a bulldog in surgery. He just doesn't tolerate anything wrong. So that means if you need a hip or a, or a knee, go to him. But this whole idea of a surgeon so fixated on his work and how he's reaching out his hand to the nurse as he calls out the instrument he needs. He reaches out his hand, he says, scalpel, scalpel. And into his hand, he receives scalpel to do his work. Scissors, and into his hand, he gets the scissors to do his work. You know, forceps, and into his hand come the forceps to do his work. You know, forceps, and so forth. Now, imagine God as the master surgeon and our members as instruments that God calls out for to do his work. You know, imagine we're shopping at a store and God wants to use us to bring the gospel to a lost person who's also shopping at the store. And all of a sudden we understand that God the master surgeon, he needs our members of our body. So God the master surgeon calls out to us feet. And I need some feet to walk over there to this desperate lost sinner in the store with you now. And we respond and say, oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You need some feet? You need some feet? Oh, I yield my feet to you now as instruments for you to use to do your work of walking over to that person, that person who's lost, that person who's desperate for salvation. Then the master surgeon calls out, eyes, I need some eyes. To see that person as a lost person in desperate need of salvation. And we respond and we say, yes, Lord, you need some eyes? Oh, okay, I yield my eyes to you. Instruments for you to use to do your work of seeing that person, not just somebody shopping, but seeing that person as a lost person, desperate need of salvation. The master surgeon, God the master surgeon then calls out, heart, I need a heart to feel what that person in the store feels, the feeling of being lost and desperate and alone, alien from God. We respond, say, heart? You need a heart, Lord? Okay, I yield my heart to you now as an instrument for you to do your work of feeling that person's depth of feeling of being separated from God. Now, God, the master surgeon, he calls out and he says, head, I need a head. I need a head to think. I need a head to receive the words that I'm gonna give you to start a conversation that will eventually lead to bringing them the gospel. We respond, say, yes, Lord, you need a head to receive your words? You would say now, here's my head, I yield it to you. Instrument, do your work, 
receive your words, what you want me to say to the person in the store. And the master surgeon calls out and says, mouth, I need a mouth to speak the words that I put into the head to that sinner in the store right now. We respond, yes, Lord, you need a mouth? Okay, here's my mouth. I yield my mouth to you now as an instrument to, for you to use to do your work of bringing the gospel to this lost person. See, that's what it means for us in Romans 6.13, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Our members are our eyes and our heart and our head and our mouth and our hands that we are used to, told to yield to God as instruments. Now, Jacob said about Genesis 34 here, he said in Genesis 49, what he said about them is that Levi and Simeon did not yield themselves as instruments of righteousness unto God, but they yield themselves as instruments to Hamas, instruments of Hamas, instruments of violence. So what did that look like for Levi and Simeon? Well, the difference between the Lord Jesus Christ and Satan was described in John 10.10, when the Lord described it. He said about Satan, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So on the one hand, Satan steals, kills, and destroys. Whereas the Lord Jesus Christ gives, makes alive, and builds. So how did this work for Levi and Simeon? It worked for Levi and Simeon in Romans 6.13 when it says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. So here's how that worked for Levi and Simeon in this chapter. Satan, the master destroyer, called out to Levi and Simeon, eyes, I need some eyes to see all those Shechemites that are with you. They're the ones that raped your sister. All of them raped your sister, Dinah. I need you to see that. And Levi and Simeon responded to the temptation and said, yes. We healed our eyes now as instruments for you to use to do your work of stealing, destroying, and killing as we now see. Oh, yeah, they, they should die, all of them. They all defiled our sister. And then Satan, the master destroyer, called out to Levi and Simeon, and he said, ears, I need some ears to hear what they're saying, to find that best opportunity to steal, kill, and destroy from the Shechemites. Levi and Simeon responded and said, yes, We yield our ears to you now as instruments for you to use for your work of stealing and and killing and destroying the Shechemites. As we now hear, the leaders of the Shechemites, they really want us to give Dinah, our sister, to Shechem for wife. That's a good, that's the best opportunity that we've heard for us to be able to steal, kill, and destroy the Shechemites. And then Satan, the master destroyer, called out to Levi and Simeon, and he said, head, I need heads to think through this, what they said, to devise the idea, take the desire to have Dinah, use the circumcision, bring them together so that she can steal, kill, and destroy the Shechemites. And Levi and Simeon responded and said, yes, we yield our heads to you now as instruments for you to use for your thoughts, for your work of stealing, killing, and destroying the Shechemites. Then Satan, the master surgeon, he calls out to Levi and Simeon, He says, hands, I need hands. Take up those swords, kill, destroy the Shechemites. I need hands, steal 
from the Shechemites, Levi and Simeon, respond and say, yes, we yield our hands to you now, instruments for you to use for your work of stealing, killing, destroying. You know, we see all this developed here in chapter 34. We see so clearly that there are two who are calling for the same instruments, members as instruments. We see that we have a choice. We have a choice to whom we will yield our members as instruments. Are we going to be used as what happened here in Genesis 34, or the yielding to the temptation that Levi and Simeon did? They, 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 they didn't obey, Romans 6.13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And then... This should leave us. You say, you know, I'm going to make it my business to yield my body, my members of my body, parts of my, as instruments of righteousness unto God. What Levi and Simeon did in Genesis 34 is so repulsive that Jacob said about them in chapter 49, verse 6, Oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger, he keeps talking about anger, for in their anger they slew a man. In their self-will they dig down a, a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, their wrath, it was cruel. I'll divide them in Jacob, scatter them in Israel. So Jacob called how they yielded themselves as instruments of Hamas, instruments of cruelty, he called that their secret. And Jacob said his soul, it's not gonna come into their secret. It's not gonna be united with them. There was such a strong division at that point in, that Jacob said he would not come into their kahala. He would not come into their assembly, their congregation. Now, I just want you to see this. There's one part of Israel here. Jacob said he would not come into the other part of Israel, the assembly, uh, the congregation of Levi and Simeon. Jacob was saying something very important, uh, Genesis 34, 30. When he said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me. And the Hebrew word there that Jacob used for trouble, akar, it's the same word that Joshua used in Joshua 7.25. Joshua 7.25, when he described Achan, and he said that, you know, when, when he stole that, that gold and took those things, he caused men to die in Israel in the battle. That was a trouble that reached down to the very soul. You know, it's very interesting to see this scene. And just to capture this here, what's happening right here, to see Jacob and Levi and Simeon and the rest of the sons. It's very interesting. Because here's a very small minority. That'd be one person named Jacob. He is in disagreement, total disagreement, with Simeon and Levi down to the core of his soul. It's very important to see that one group, that group of one called Jacob. And let's just call him the very small remnant group. And then there's this other small group of two. That'd be two. That's Levi and Simeon. Simeon and Levi. And they are the leaders. They are the leaders that are guilty of these greatest sins. That is the group of the two leaders of Levi and Simeon. Let's just call them the small group of leaders. A 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you believe God created the heavens and the earth? Then come celebrate Creation Day on Saturday, November 5th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. This is a Christian family festival event with games, rides, contest prizes, fair food, petting zoos, animal shows, super science experiments for kids, plus life-size dinosaurs at our brand-new Dinosaur Gardens exhibit, plus world-renowned speakers, Ray Comfort, Tom Cantor, Eric Hoven, Jay Siegert, and more. Free admission to the museum and all speaking engagements are free for your family and the entire church family. The Creation Earth History Museum is located off Highway 67 and Woodside Avenue North in Santee next to the Santee Drive-In. Bring your family and friends Saturday, November 5th and strengthen your faith at Creation Day, San Diego's Christian Family Festival event. For more information, call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org creationsd.org.